Welcome to the School Counseling in Nebraska podcast. My name is Lonnie Watson, and I will be joined by a colleague and a great school counseling friend, Jake Willems. This show is produced by the Nebraska School Counselor Association. We look forward to you following along as we discuss, question, and dive into all that the world of school counseling has to offer. Thanks for listening. This podcast episode is extremely special to me. Kara Hahn, the 2023 Nebraska School Counselor of the Year, will be joining us today. You may remember that in the fall, Mrs. Hahn was named the Elementary School Counselor of the Year for the Nebraska School Counselors Association. Along with a plaque and a $200 stipend, this award allowed her to be entered as a candidate for the 2023 overall Nebraska School Counselor of the Year. At a celebration in Lincoln, on February 23rd, Mrs. Hahn was selected as the 2023 Nebraska School Counselor of the Year. Her admin was elated. To say they are excited for Mrs. Hahn is a complete understatement. Dr. Rhodes described Mrs. Hahn as an invaluable North Platte Public Schools team member. Mrs. Hahn exemplifies character with a student-centered approach to educational principles. He also added that Mrs. Hahn shares a caring attitude with everyone she interacts with. She is never afraid to step in and assist when others are in need. Mrs. Hahn will serve as the Nebraska School Counselor of the Year until February 2024. Additionally, she will visit Washington, D.C. next February. Get it, Mrs. Hahn, to represent Nebraska nationally. Please help me congratulate Mrs. Hahn and welcome her to the Nebraska School Counselors Association podcast. All right, Kara, thank you so much for joining the Nebraska School Counselors Association podcast. We're, we're so new at this, and I'm thrilled to have you, School Counselor of the Year for Nebraska. Um, could you tell the other school counselors in Nebraska and everybody who listens to us a little bit more about yourself and your professional journey? Well, I grew up in Kimball, Nebraska, so a small town, and um, I lived with my mom and dad and my sisters. And from the time that I can remember, I had always wanted to be a teacher. And when I was in a junior in high school, my mom and my grandma and grandpa all within one year had died. And um, so it was kind of tragic for me. They, under different circumstances, they died. Um, but during that time, um, the only person who checked on me was my aunt, who was also a teacher. We had a school counselor. However, I never saw the school counselor. No one checked in on me. And I think that's what kind of started develop me, developing me towards um, going down that route. So I, I became a teacher, but after I started doing that, I really liked the problem solving and working with the kids and working with the families. So after a couple of years, I started my, um, my counseling degree at UNK. And in 2006, I started counseling in North Platte Public Schools, and I've been doing it for 17 years now. And i still love every minute of it. Oh my goodness. I did not know that about you. Um, well, first off, I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss. That's a, that is a traumatic, a slew of traumatic events at a really young age. Um, isn't that interesting, Kara? So I spoke last year at the mental health conference, the Western Nebraska one, and I talked a little bit about, um, my story and 
um, just had some loss as well, young and, and grew up with a, a parent with some addiction problems. And I don't remember um, getting checked on a lot either. And, wow. and I don't blame anyone for that either. Right. It's just right. how vastly different our roles have changed from when we went to school to now our professional identity. Don't you agree? Yes, absolutely. And I went into it thinking, you know, I, I don't want anybody to ever go through something like that and not have somebody there for them. Now I had my family, but I feel like you're in school so much of the day that we need to be checking in with those kids and checking on their mental health and helping them through those things. It's, it's a big job, right? Being a school counselor in, in general. And I think teaching these kiddos come to us and you feel a lot of pressure, but um, it, it's just surprising what somebody who asks a question or two, how much of a difference that they can impact. And obviously uh, Nebraska school counselor of the year, you are making a huge impact on your kiddos. Um, I read a little bit about what your administration had to say about you. I got some texts from your day on the Hill on what an impact you made to state legislatures. It was so incredibly awesome. Um, in your personal opinion, uh, what, what do you think makes a great school counselor? So I think there's a lot of different aspects that make up being a great school counselor and relationship building is a huge one for me. And I believe that when we build those healthy relations, relationships with students, staff, and parents, um, you start building that trust and that relationship is there. And then I also believe communication and follow through is another big one. And especially with parents, I am calling parents all of the time. If we have a concern at school, we've got to be able to relay that to the parents because I truly believe that parents want to help. And if they don't know there's a concern, they can't help us. And, you know, even just for example, Sometimes we have parents that fight and they just, they're arguing and they don't realize the impact that has on their children and the kids want it to stop, but they don't know how, and they don't know how to address it with their parents. And so that, I feel like that's my job. And so I call the parents so that they can open that communication with their students. And then I also think empathy and problem solving have to be a part of that counseling piece and there's lots of different situations from peer conflicts and abuse situations, poverty, family difficulties, and we have to be able to use those skills to help in the best way possible. And then, of course, confidentiality is like a huge piece, but that goes with everything. Oh, absolutely. And don't you feel like with confidentiality, too, it's 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 such an important part of what we do but the more we can get students on board with allowing us to bring more people into their circle to help them, it's almost it's almost a skill, right? Kara, I bet you're right. really good at it, working with the kiddo to get them comfortable to the point or like, who else can we bring on to this team to help right. you succeed? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love it because we have, I feel like we have a whole team here in North Platte. So we have our student services and they're great to work with also. So if I don't know where to turn um, for some different services, I can always call them and um, they help out and they can follow up with calls. And so I feel like we work as a team here with the families. 
So speaking of team, um, I've heard just the most amazing thing about what you guys are doing and your team. Um, tell listeners a little bit more about your school counseling program. What are you most proud of? Well, I, so when I see the students, I see them in different um, ways. So I see them individually or in small groups or in whole group. I see whole groups once a week for different lessons. And um, usually when I see them individually, it's from parent or teacher or even self-referrals from the students. I've been really trying to focus on my small groups and really be more intentional um, of how to help them. So we use what's called the SRSS, which is the student risk screening scale. And the teachers fill that out three times a year. And it's based on external and internal behaviors um, that they are seeing in the classroom. And that either um, doesn't flag them because they're you know, not showing those behaviors or it's a yellow or a red flag. And so if they have, if they're flagged for an internal or external behavior, then I go to the teachers individually. We talk about each one of those students and what we can do to help them individually or in small groups. And so I develop my small groups based off of that SRSS data and then um, build my small groups from there. And then I teach to those different groups. And I try to focus on appropriate behaviors, positive mindset, resiliency, emotional regulation, and just those different areas that will help them. Kara, do you have a curriculum that you love to use for your small groups or do you develop your own through those categories? We have developed our own through those different categories. I use a lot of the Boys Town Press books, um, the Julia Cook books. Um, and then we also have um, our district developed new curriculum this year for in the classroom SEL. And that's through Studies Weekly. And so I'm also able to follow up in the small groups with the studies weekly if we need to with certain areas. I don't know if you feel this way, Kara, but sometimes I I look at programs and what what great counselors like yourself are doing. And I sometimes I wonder as school counselors, do we let perfect get in the way of good enough or good to get started, <laughs> right? Because how many right. how many of us across the state just are dying to start a small group or to do some of these things to close the gap like you guys are doing there. And when I hear you talk about like resiliency and, and using pieces of, of all these great resources that we have, maybe it's not set out for us in the exact ways we'd like to, but it sounds like you guys have created something pretty special there. I'm glad you touched on it because that's something I wanted to ask you. Yes. Do you, do you feel like those groups have been pretty effective at your schools? I do. And then I feel like also in addition to that, I feel like the SEL even in the classroom has helped because they're getting a double dose of that. And in addition, it also helps to reach all of those students, even if they're not flagged for some reason. So that's been great. And then the whole groups help reach those kids too. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm I just given me ideas. I'm taking notes not only of more questions to ask you, but how I can implement more into my program. I love it. Um, Doug was resoundingly 
positive about how much data you guys are collecting and, and some of the programs you're, you're using and how you've been able to close the gap. How, where do you make time to collect data? How do you guys collect data? Tell me about this magical data that you have and how you're closing these gaps. Well, I appreciate the teachers because I know they are overworked and they have to take time out to do that. The SRSS is actually pretty um, quick, but again, it still takes time. And so the teachers go through and do that. They also take that time with me um, to go through and talk about those students individually. So I appreciate their time doing that. And then, you know, some of that is after school and developing the small groups, you know, it's during the summers or during the evenings. I have both of my kids are out of the house now. So I have I have that time at night. And so I can work on those different small groups and what I'm going to be teaching in them during those times. It sounds like you keep your teachers incredibly informed in the loop of what you're working towards. Um, I can only imagine that that helps build the relationship between you and teachers. It sounds like you have great relationships with your students as well, but the more you talk, it makes me sound like the teachers are really on your team as well when working with these kiddos. Do you have any advice for counselors on um, how to get teacher buy-in? And I know most, like you said, teachers are in, they're bought into what we do, but they're busy. Um, and they're, like you said, they're, I heard you say they're overworked as well. I mean, being a classroom teacher, um, we we did it, you did it, I did it. It's it's a lot to be in charge of that many humans for that long of the day. Um, do you have any good advice for counselors on how to help build relationships, maybe if they have reluctant teachers? Well, you know, I feel like over the years, I have had awesome teachers that I've worked with very, I mean, they just I just feel like they buy in, but I think a huge part of that is communication and you have to have that communication and you have to follow through. So if a, if a teacher says, hey, I'm having problems with this student with this reason, I try to make sure that I always follow through. So I write that student down and I follow through and I go back to talk to the teacher. And I think that that has helped me because I feel like I'm close with the teachers and they can come to me about things or I can go to them about things. Oh, I love it. Now, is that part of your closing the gap action plan? I think that's just always been a plan for me anyway. I, I've just, I feel like I've had that open communication a lot because I think if we don't have that communication with the teachers, then it, there's there's going to be that gap anyway. So I think I've always tried to have that communication with the teachers. But I think um, the SRSS is really what helped me start trying to close that gap because I hadn't done that before, even though I was doing the small groups. But the SRSS was really focusing in on which students the teachers are really seeing that are having concerns. And I think it kind of opened it up so that the teachers would go, oh, yeah, I am seeing this concern instead of just saying, I need you to see this student and this student and this student. It was, wow, we've got a lot more students who need help. Right. And a little more information to collectively know what to focus on, right? Right, right. Absolutely. And that is, and that is too, because like, if you look at the external, it might 
be stealing or it might be just a behavior issue, not a different type. And so we can focus on those different things that they are having concerns with and be more specific and intentional about it. So this makes me think about your award and that on February 23rd, you joined the Nebraska School Counselors Association Governing Board, which I'm a part of and I didn't get to go this year. Um, I'm so sad I didn't get to go with you guys. It's one of my favorite days. Okay, so it makes me think about how big our job is, right? You talking about the data and how you're closing the gap and how you you always follow through with teachers and your students. And not only do you give them the information, but then you group with the kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did Kara explain what we do to these state legislatures? Because Kara, I don't think they have any idea. I've done, been up on the Capitol a couple of times for this advocacy day. Um, and just so listeners know, a group of school counselors every year, we go and we talk to state senators about what school counselors are doing in schools. And we talk about bills that are on the table and we talk about how we can strengthen um, policies in the legislature that'll help teachers and school counselors. Um, when I've been there, I really feel like there's misinformation. And you and I, we, it's kind of coming our conversation full circle because we're both products of some trauma in our youth that, that weren't addressed by our school counselors then, which were referred to as guidance counselors, um, or our teachers or the people who cared for us in the, in the day. And I just don't think, I don't think they have any idea what, what we do. And I just want you, if you could, um, tell us about February 23rd, um, the day at the state Capitol, your experience being introduced, you got specially introduced on the legislative floor, I hear. Yes. Oh, that's so special. You deserve every second of it. Okay. So tell me what, what, what it was like and how you felt that day. Well, I was nervous walking in because I had, I had been to the Capitol before, but ne never under these circumstances. And so I knew that we were going in to talk about LB 374, um, which part of that would um, require school counselors to call parents before providing a suicide assessment if we had some concerns with self-harm or suicide. And I spoke with Senator Jacobson, who is my um, state senator, and it was great. It was surprisingly just, he listened. I felt like um, he was interested in what I had to say. Um, we had definite concerns for this bill, or we do still have definite right. concerns. And um, just going in there and advocating for school counselors and knowing that we're doing our part to say, hey, we really need you to look at this side of it and understand where our concerns are coming from. And I felt like he really listened and said he would go back and talk about it because he understood where I was coming from. That's amazing. Well, you must have made a very big impact on him because I know after you met with Senator Jacob Jacobson, his office reached out asking for information as he wanted us to introduce a resolution on the legislative floor to recognize you as elementary and overall school counselor of the year. Um, which is just amazing. Like a conversation with a senator, sometimes they see so many lobbyists, Kara, like we're just school counselors. We don't do this for a living. Stand out and ask to speak to senators and tell them. So you must have made an amazing impact. I, I just want to thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. That It was exciting. And I will tell you that I would do it again 
A hundred percent. It was, it was great. And I had never had that type of experience before. And I definitely would do it again. So we're going to try to keep this as short as possible because we know school counselors, we're busy humans, right? Mm-hmm. They're everywhere Absolutely. All over the place. Um, I want you to think back to your first couple years as a school counselor and maybe how that looks different now, um, what you've strengthened your skills in and what advice do you have? Because I mean, we didn't have a school counseling podcast to listen to our first year as a school counselor. I think this could be so incredible. So um, what what advice would you give yourself early in this profession? I would say you have to take care of yourself. And if you don't take time for your own mental and physical health, it's going to be hard for you to help others with theirs. And so when you aren't working, you need to enjoy the things that you love and laugh a lot and enjoy your family and friends and make memories. And, you know, I think also knowing that school counseling is very stressful because it is, we have to take in a lot of stuff and deal with a lot of issues, but remember that it's also really rewarding. And so you need to celebrate those small things. And I love that every day is different and you have to give yourself grace when you can't get everything done. I say this over and over again. I think school counseling is the best job in the world. It's got to be one of the most rewarding. Um, We not only do we help kids hold their hand through the hard and and that we get to see the, the, maybe like the fruits of our labor a little bit more than any other profession. Um, you get to see the rewards as well in such a short time span, right? Like how many people get to see success to failure, failure to success so quickly and, and hopefully be a part of a kid's life in that way. Um, so that's so cool. I, I just think you're doing great work, Kara. Um, I'm so thankful to get to know you better and for you to do this interview and, um, Thanks for advocating for us on the legislative floor. Like that's just huge. You, for one day, you got a great award, but you also um, could have made a huge impact for all of us across the state. So I super appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate everything. All right. Keep doing good work and we will talk soon. Thanks for being on the Nebraska School Counselors Association podcast. Thanks for inviting me.